Hi. We're here this week to look at chapter five of the Tao Te Ching, which I titled Occurs Without Intention. But before we look at chapter five, let's just glance back at chapter four one more time. I'm going to read the first part of chapter four to you. The way is like an empty vessel that can be used and reused. Perhaps it can never be filled, which is why it is always available. I mentioned that I thought it was possible that the reason Lao Tzu wrote this particular chapter was because he's talking about the Tao to an audience who isn't living according to the Tao. And he's asking them to lay down their desires, lay down their self-will, lay down their thinking, and take up the way. And I told you that somebody who is beginning to listen might say something like, yeah, but how do I know I'll be okay if I, if I do that? You're asking me to lay down everything I've always depended on. You know, how do I know that's not going to be a disaster? And that led to chapter four, the benefits of the way, right? And the benefits of the way explains that the Tao can always be counted on. It is always available, right? You don't have to worry. Everything will be fine. When egotistical mind hearing that, the next thought may be, well, then I can use the Tao any way I want. In fact, there's even one rendition of chapter four that literally ends with these words. You can use it any way you want. That makes it sound like the Tao is a tool of my self-will. I can become a stronger uh, king or emperor. I can become richer. I can become more loved, more respected, right? I can use the Tao. I can bend it to my will. And it seems like Lao Tzu might have, again, expected that egoic interpretation because the next chapter addresses that. The next chapter says, well, that's not exactly true. <laughs> so let's look at the next chapter of the Tao, which is chapter five. Here's what it says. The universe is not well-meaning. It treats everything on earth like a straw dog, not real, temporary. Sages are not well-meaning. They regard all people like straw dogs, not real, temporary. Isn't the space between heaven and earth like a bellows? It is empty and never changes, yet it moves and heals and continually produces. You can talk about it excessively and still not be in harmony with it. It's better to keep your heart centered. So let's look at this a little more slowly. Again, if the thought is arising, oh, I can use the Tao any way I want. Well, first of all, when that thought arises, 
it isn't really paying attention to the previous chapters of the Tao. Because what we saw in the previous chapters, what we saw in chapter one, remain free of desire to behold wonder, right? Remain free of desire to behold wonder. What we saw in chapter two, sages live without controlling anything. What we saw in chapter three, sages empty their hearts of desires. They weaken their self-will, right? So the previous chapters are certainly not pointing to you can use the Tao any way you want. It's pointing to letting go of the ways you want. And again, chapter five is re-emphasizing that point when it says, first off, the universe is not well-meaning. It treats everything on earth like a straw dog. So what is a straw dog? <laughs> uh, once upon a time in ancient, ancient China, uh, dogs were sacrificed in spiritual or religious ceremonies. Just like in ancient Israel, lambs were sacrificed, right? Same kind of thing. Just as Israel got beyond sacrificing lambs, China got beyond sacrificing dogs. And the way they did that was they used these little symbols, these little dogs made out of straw. That's what a straw dog is. And they would take the straw dog to their religious or spiritual ceremony and use it during the ceremony as a sacrifice. And then afterwards, the dogs were just discarded. They were just thrown down. They laid in the streets and people trampled all over them. They had no purpose anymore. So when it says the universe is not well-meaning, it treats everything on earth like a straw dog. That is saying it, it treats it as temporary. And it's certainly saying that it, it, it doesn't bend to the will of anything on earth, just like you wouldn't bend to the will of a straw dog. I added these words to help with the understanding for English speaking people who don't even know what a straw dog is. Here's how I, I added it. I wrote, this is a translation. The universe is not well-meaning. It treats everything on earth like a straw dog. And this is what I added, not real, temporary, right? Because a straw dog had a very temporary purpose wasn't a real dog. The universe is not well-meaning. It treats everything on earth like a straw dog, not real, temporary. An example of that, you know, imagine that a, a robin builds a nest in the spring and of course lays those beautiful little blue robin eggs and sits on those eggs, you know, nature is going to bring forth these baby robins, right? Which will grow up to be beautiful robins, beautiful songs. But then also imagine the hawk that nature gave the keen eye to so that it could find food, right? And imagine the hawk 
happens to see the robin's nest at a time when the robin has gone away to get food and the hawk goes down and begins eating the eggs. Is nature bad because it's allowing the hawk to eat these beautiful robin eggs and the, and the baby birds will never be born? Or is it good because it's allowing the hawk to find food? Or is it neither? Is it just what it is? You know, we also read in the Tao Te Ching back at chapter two, when the whole world defines the beautiful as beautiful, other things are seen as ugly. This can be harmful. When everyone defines good as good, other things are judged as bad. This can be bad. Let's look at self-will for a moment. The, the point of view of any one self-will is me. And that point of view says, these things are good for me, and these things are bad for me. But what if that's not true? Just like it's not true that it's good or bad when the hawk eats the robin egg. What if it just is as it is? And it's only my judgment that makes it appear good or bad. You see, the Tao is not trying to bring about good for the robin. It's not trying to bring about good for the hawk. It's not trying to bring about good for me. It's just unfolding in the way it unfolds. The universe is not well-meaning. It treats everything on earth like a straw dog, not real, temporary. Sages are not well-meaning. They regard all people like straw dogs, not real, temporary. Now, to any of us who are still attached to our self-will, this can be deflating news. If we were excited about the Tao after reading chapter four, oh, look, it's always available. I can always depend on it. Now we might be saying, you know, what the heck? <laughs> you know, it, it doesn't care about me. And so this is the next thing that needs to be addressed. And this is the next thing that Lao Tzu addresses. When we go from, I can use the Tao any way I want, to, it doesn't care about me, Lao Tzu says, isn't the space between heaven and earth like a bellows? It is empty and never changes, yet it moves and heals and continually produces. not so fast about being deflated. There are benefits to the way, and this is what I'm attempting to explain to you. The benefit is the healing. Remember, if we go all the way back to chapter one, 
chapter one said, remain free of desire to behold wonder. If you remain with desire, you will see separate things. The benefit of surrendering to the Tao is healing. We, instead of seeing with self-will, instead of seeing good and bad and beautiful and ugly, instead of feeling sometimes like we're triumphant and other times like we're victims, instead of experiencing duality and many separate things, all of that is healed and we come to see only the Tao. Or as chapter one also says, it is the mystery of mysteries. It is the door to multiple wonders. That's the benefit of the Tao, not achievement of my self-will, not bending the Tao to get what I want. It's surrendering my self-will being healed by the Tao and seeing the wonder of everything as the Tao. That's the true benefit of the Tao. Let me share my screen and show you just a little bit about my translation of this. For the most part, this is translated the same by just about everybody, but there is one important difference the word heal, which I just pointed out was a main point. This is the advantage of the Tao is that it heals your perception. And in fact, you know, we saw this in chapter five as well. Sorry, chapter four as well. Chapter four said it will diminish your sharpened sense of self. It will eliminate your confusion. It will merge divine nature with your human nature. Healing, I'm saying, is a main point. But I have looked at many, many translations of the Tao around 40. And no one else used the word heal. Is Regina Don Akers <laughs> bending the Tao to say what she wants it to say? No. In fact, remember that one of my goals was integrity. I didn't want to make the Tao Te Ching say what I wanted the Tao Te Ching to say. I wanted to see what it said. So what I've done for you is I have put these characters, which I've translated as emptiness and unbending, move and heal, produce, into the dictionary. Let's go look at it. Here's those characters right here. And if we scroll down, we can see the very first character, emptiness. The second character, and. The next two characters are literally no bend or unbending. The next character, to move. The next character, and. And then the next character. Most people translated it as the more. But notice it can also mean to recover, 
to heal or better. And in fact, it's listed a second time as a variant of another Chinese character, which means to heal. And then the last character is to go out, to come out, to produce. So the way most people translated this, this last part was, it moves and more and more produces, or it moves and more and more goes out, or it moves and more and more comes out. But when I saw this word heal, and I also focus on what chapters one, two, three, and four say, it felt like heal is what should be included. And so I translated it in this way. Isn't the space between heaven and earth like a bellows? It is empty and never changes, yet it moves and heals and produces. I said continually produces. So first there's the thought, why should I give up my self-will? How do I know that that's going to work out for me? Then comes the answer, you can count on the Tao. It is always available. It is never filled up. And then the egoic thought comes, ah, I can bend the Tao to my will. And then the answer comes, no, 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 no. The Tao isn't here for you and your will. To the Tao, you're just a straw dog. But the Tao can heal you. The Tao can bring your self-will, your perception of separation into healing so that you then see the Tao in all things, the wonder of wonders. That's what the Tao can do for you. And then, of course, chapter five ends with, you can talk about it excessively and still not be in harmony with it. In other words, it's not this discussion that's important. It's actually living by the Tao that is important. You can talk about it excessively and still not be in harmony with it. It's better to keep your heart centered. This is where you're going to find the value of the Tao is by keeping your heart centered with the Tao, which we've been practicing with our last several videos, right? We were looking at our desires, what we wanted to be different. And we were asking, can I let this desire go? Can I accept this situation as it is? That's being centered, right? We've looked at our self-will, things that we wanted to go my way. And we've been asking ourselves, do I need this to go my way? Can I let this go his way or her way or just the way it's going? That's being centered. And we've also been looking at our self-identifications. How do I define myself? And we've been questioning that. Is this really who I am? Or is this 
relative and temporary, like small fork, large fork, right? All of this inquiry is remaining centered. You can talk about the Tao excessively and still not be in harmony with it. It's better to keep your heart centered. So how are we going to practice chapter five of the Tao Te Ching? Well, as I've said, I think a main point in chapter five is that the, is that the Tao heals. When you keep yourself centered with it, the Tao heals. It will bring you away from this perception of duality into the perception of just the Tao. And that is the wonder of wonders. So why don't we practice by noticing, simply noticing things about our mind or our perception that we want healed. For example, uh, Am I sometimes arrogant and at other times feeling less than everyone else, feeling unworthy? Would I like that duality of arrogance and unworthy healed? Would I like to be able to see the world, experience the world without the duality of arrogance and unworthiness? Do I find myself short-tempered because of my self-will. I just want everything to go my way and it never does. And so I'm short-tempered with everything and everyone. Do I want, would I like that to be healed? You might look at what is causing you a lot of suffering right now. And you don't need a long, long list. One, two, three things at most. And when you get that short list of things that are causing you suffering that you would like to have healed, then just be with that list and ask yourself, am I willing to remain centered with the Tao so that these things can be healed? You see, that's the real benefit of the Tao right there, not bending the Tao to my will, but these perceptions, these ideas that cause me suffering having them healed so that suffering is removed. So let that be our practice this week. And before I leave, let me read to you from another translation of the Tao for chapter five. Now, this one is more of a rendition. It's not a translation so much. And you'll see that because it has a lot more words. If you were just translating the Chinese characters as I did, there would not be quite so many words. But a lot of these renditions really capture the spirit of the translation. And this one, I think, does. This is by John Hyder from 1989-1985. I couldn't see all of that because of my share screen bar. 1985. Here we go. Natural law is blind. It's justice even-handed. The consequences of one's behavior are inescapable. 
Being human is no excuse. The wise leader does not try to protect people from themselves. The light of awareness shines equally on what is pleasant and what is not pleasant. People are not better than the rest of creation. We are not better than the robin or the hawk. The same principle which underlies human beings underlies everything equally. Neither is one person or one people better than the rest of humanity. The same principle is everywhere. One person is as worthy of the next. Why play favorites? Everything demonstrates the law. Just because God is not a thing does not mean God is nothing. A little humility is in order. Knowing this, the leader does not pretend to be special. The leader does not gossip about others or waste breath arguing the merits of competing theories. Silence is a great source of strength. So human beings are a part of nature, just like everything else. And the Tao treats everything equally. It is not bending to our self-will. It is unfolding as it unfolds. So a little humility here, right? A little humility here. Let's stay centered. Now, for some people, uh, they might not read the Tao beyond this chapter. The idea of being treated like a straw dog <laughs> well, I'm not going to get anything out of this. Why should I continue to read? But for others, there are still motivating factors to continue forward. One motivating factor is freedom from suffering. And again, the fact that the Tao heals is the benefit. But another motivating factor can just be curiosity about truth. Wanting to know what actual truth is. Or maybe for many of us, it's both. Freedom from suffering and curiosity about truth. I hope you'll continue with me as we keep looking at the Tao. Next time, we're going to look at chapters 6 and 7 together. I'll see you then. Bye.